Welcome, my love, to The Collective. The Collective is you, it is me, it is every woman. Raising the vibration of the fucking planet as we show up, step up, and serve the purpose we were put here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I am the queen of blending the woo with the work, and I'm going to show you how to do just that. I'm an entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and spiritual business mentor, and I help visionary women just like you build online businesses so they can have the impact they are here for and call in the abundance they are so worthy of. Get ready to become unapologetic, abundant, and aligned as fuck because the universe has put you here in divine timing and you're exactly where you're meant to be. Welcome, my loves, to probably one of my favorite interviews on the podcast ever. This is such a fun conversation where I am sitting down with my gal, Callie Shay. Now, Callie is literally a queen. She is so fire. You are going to love her by the end of the episode. And seriously, we dive into all things taboo, not talked about, that need a lot more education and a lot more light around periods, sex, sexual health, masturbation, orgasms, all of the stuff. We are going there in this episode. And seriously, I'm so excited to talk about it with you. I opened up so much more inside of this interview than I thought that I would. I seriously thought that I was just going to get on and talk to Kelly all about, you know, birth control and some of the symptoms of why we should be breaking up with that. If it's a good fit for you, if it's not a good fit, all that sort of stuff. And before I knew it, I was opening up about my periods and orgasmic manifestation and what my sex life is like and all of that stuff. Like seriously, it wasn't the plan, but I loved it. I love opening up these sort of topics with you guys and being able to really share just so transparently on things that often are just not spoken about. And for me, it's such a part of my mission is to talk in whatever way the audience needs and whatever way I can serve you guys through the podcast on the things that sometimes don't get asked. And that was a big part of my mission in sitting down with Callie was to ask the questions that we all want answers to, but that not necessarily everyone is asking and really starting to shed a light on different things. Like some of the questions that I asked Callie inside of this, she seriously, Callie, I haven't even introduced her, but seriously, she is just amazing. She's a holistic health practitioner. She's an energy healer, a podcast but the biggest thing about her, she's a period expert and a sexual health educator. And although that's the way that she would sum herself up, I just feel like it doesn't even do her justice. Like what she says, the way that she puts herself across, she helps women to connect to their bodies through symptomless cycles, damn good sex and feminine as fuck energy. And that to me is just like the tip of the iceberg with everything that she offers. She is such an expert on this stuff and you are going to seriously find that out for yourself inside of this interview. But what what I love is her her openness to, to just talking about it all, to just putting it all on the table. And she's someone that holds incredible space for people and makes it very safe to open up and to speak. And that's why I feel like this interview and this conversation, seriously, just I opened up so much more than I thought that I would. And I feel like it just truly creates such a safe space for obviously myself to share, but for you guys as well to get answers that you're looking for and to start to understand your body better and your cycles and what it means to have good sex and how to start having it, like all of that stuff. And like I said, it's so important to me to ask those questions so that you're getting the answers that you are looking for. And we dive into all of it in this episode. So I'm seriously so, so grateful to sit down with the beautiful Kelly Shay. Definitely connect with her. She has so many resources that will help you so much with understanding your period, with breaking 
up with hormonal birth control, if that's something that you are wanting to learn more about, it's definitely something that I have done recently and we really dive into that inside of this episode. And also all things sex and understanding your cycle and when you're ovulating and seriously all the good stuff. So I'm not going to ramble anymore. I just want you to get into the magic. Definitely let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Screenshot as you're listening. Tag us in your Instagram stories at Official and at Kelly Shea. Everything good is linked for you in the show notes as well. Everything that we talk about. So definitely check that out. And seriously, I'm just so excited for you to listen to this one. Kelly, welcome, girl. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited finally getting you on the podcast. Welcome, hon. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's going to be the best. I have a very good feeling about this chat and you and I just, I feel very divinely connected and we've just got such a vibe going on and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, same. Yes. Awesome, hon. Look, for those that don't know you and don't know all of your badass magic that's going on, what you're all about, <laughs> give us the little the little spiel, the elevator pitch to who Kelly Shea really is. Yeah. So I've had to write this a ton lately because I'm redoing, you know, the rebrandings going on right now, new website launch. And so I feel like I've written my bio so many times now. <laughs> um, so essentially, I am your go-to gal on all things like vaginas, periods, and sex. Um, and that's what I do. And I love it. It's so fun. Yes. I love it. I love what you're all about. And that's what I was saying to you before, like your whole thing, your whole vibe, what you're all about. Love your Instagram bio, like literally all of it <laughs> just like lights me up. And I want to dive into all that sort of stuff. And before we get into your journey and what that's been like and how you've gotten to this point, let's talk about what's going on with the rebrand and getting really yeah. clear on that message and what that process has been like. What's, what's caused that to take place for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, so I started really as a, in the holistic health coaching world was really where I started. And, um, it was kind of going into my journey slightly. Um, it was very focused on just nutrition and how we eat. And I just kept coming across so many women who were dealing with hormone issues and period issues. And I just kept hearing it over and over again. Um, and I was like, this is the deeper issue. Like this is what I'm being called to do because I kept having clients with that same recurring theme. Um, so the rebrand happened because I was just ready to express myself in the world in a different way. Um, I was really tied to like nutrition coaching and, and there's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I was no longer a fit for that. Like that wasn't my calling anymore. Um, so it's really been, I would say like a two year process to talk about the technical side. I went through a terrible, like rebrand and new website process with someone and it was not fun, which I learned a lot from. <laughs> so, um, and now I, yeah, now I, um, I just recommend to vet your, <laughs> the people you're going to work with very intensely. Yeah. So, um, I, moved with a new company. It all worked out so perfectly because I found like the perfect fit for me. And I wouldn't have done that if like I hadn't had a bad experience. So everything I'm like, okay, what is this doing for me? Mm -hmm. And in that instance, it was just pushing me towards a better company or better fit to work with. Yeah. And so now I'm working with this amazing, like women led team of designers and developers. And it's been so fun. Oh my God. Like the energy is just so good. 
Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And how exciting is it when you just find, you know, people like whether it's someone you're bringing onto your team or it's a company Mm -hmm. that you're working with and outsourcing to, and it just feels so good. You're just like, Oh, it just Mm -hmm. lights you up inside. What was that process like? So obviously, you know, shifting into that and I'm very big on, you know, everything's happening for you, not to you. I literally need to get it tattooed on my body somewhere. Like there's (laughs) always a lesson in it. And, you know, for you going through and you had like the tech difficulties for those who are maybe looking and obviously this is very off what we were going to talk about, but I feel like, you know, we're heading this way. So let's go there for those that are looking for, you know, building out their team or hiring someone. What are some of the things like to do or not to do based on that experience that you've had? Yeah. I mean, as simple as it sounds like, listen to your gut. Like I knew initially that first rebrand that I was doing, the team I was working with, it just there was a lot of things that were causing resistance. And I always say in my life, like if there's this much resistance, if I'm having to push this hard, I'm not meant to have it. Mm -hmm. And I just kept like trucking through. I kept going. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to make this work. And I was forcing it to work. Um, And it just wasn't a good fit. So really like listening to your intuition on that. And I think that's been my biggest tool for like hiring my team, Um, you know, for the people I like my clients, literally for everyone, it's just like, does this feel good or not? And I think we've talked about this, like my theme of 2020 is like, I'm not doing anything in my business that feels gross. And so if it feels gross, it's out. (laughs) So um, I think feeling like really in alignment and doing your due diligence. I think one of the things I did wrong originally was I didn't speak to multiple people um, Mm -hmm. and get different vibes. I just got caught up and like, oh, this seems like a good fit. And I'm really excited to get started. I think it's better to just, even if you like someone, just interview multiple people because everyone's going to have a different vibe and a different strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, And finding through that, you'll find someone who you really resonate with. I think just trying different people is is key. Totally. I so agree with that. And I love of course I love the blend of the spirituality and then the strategy side, yes. like tactical things, because it's very easy to go like, yeah, your intuition. And like, you could like instantly connect with someone and be like, yeah, cool. Like it feels good. And they might be the right person for you, right. but also doing that due diligence side of things, like you said, where it's like, yep, that person feels good, but still do the due diligence, the due diligence, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and interview the other people and make yeah. sure that, you know, you are taking those tactical steps as well, just to see where you're at, make sure it is a good fit. And then of course, if it is right, then it's still going to feel right anyway so yes exactly such a good and I always I always learn something too from like interviewing multiple people like to find a podcast producer for my podcast I probably talked no joke to 15 different people and I would pick up something new from each person and then it would it gave me good questions to ask the right fit like when I finally found that person that I was looking for like oh my gosh this is who I'm looking for I had so many good questions and ideas and things to ask for when I finally got there. So I learned stuff along the way. It's not a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I so agree with that. And Mm -hmm. I know that like when I first started interviewing to hire some of my team, I was like, I don't really know what I'm asking, but you're the person that like needs to be the obviously expert, (laughs) like the business owner. So you're like, yeah, I got my shit together. Like, but you just get on there and you're like, oh, like just making up questions. But by the time that you've you know, gotten through and you've gotten to that point where you have interviewed a few people that starts to feel comfortable. You know, from interviewing the first person and not really having an idea what you're even looking for, they're going to say things that you're like, I either love that or I don't love that. And so the next person, you've got a lot more clarity around like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. And you just get better and better. So, so agree with that. And I think that that Mm -hmm. really ties in with making sure that you are doing all of the steps because it is, you are going to evolve as you go through it as well. And, you know, be the next level version of you as the person hiring too. So super totally. powerful. Um, let's back it up a little bit with what we were talking about be- before all of this, where you were saying, <laughs> um, 
you know, how you started out and, you know, going down the path, obviously with the nutrition side of things and the gut health and all of that. And then obviously you've shifted and you've gotten so much clarity around how you show up and who you serve now. And it's honestly, it's fire. Like I love it. Um, and I want to, I'm very big on the fact that action creates clarity. So I really want to talk to this because I feel like there's a lot of women out there who do really want to start the businesses or maybe they've started, but they're feeling fearful around owning who they are fully, or they're not even really getting started because they're like, Oh, I just don't know. Like I'm not clear enough. Like let's talk to that because I've been there there, and I want to hear your take on that process. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's like, I got like so excited when you started saying like butterflies in my stomach because I, oh my gosh, when people ask me like, oh, how do I get started? What do I do? I'm like, just start. And I remember a year ago, I used to tell, like, I would cry, right? Everyone's cried about their business. Like I would just cry and be like, I wish I could pause. I wish I could get everything together how I want it to be. And then I wish I could start up again. Like, I wish I could do it that way. And I even considered that, like, how can I pause for six months, catch up? I always felt like there was more to learn and I I wanted my branding to evolve and, and, you know, all this was going on. And looking back, I would have never gotten to this new branding. I would have never, you know, grown through that if I hadn't kept going. So, you know, getting clients that aren't a great fit or building out a program that sucks and then being like, okay, I'm going to keep going. You know, having that that growth is the only reason that I've been able to really progress through this. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a very common feeling to like want to want to pause, want to wait until you're ready, but you're never ready. And I know we hear that all the time. You see it on Instagram. You're never ready. I'm still not ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm still so getting good. there. <laughs> We're always growing, you know, it's so right. you always feel like, yeah, okay, cool. I've got my shit together. And then like, oh, this thing happens. You're like, okay, I'm not ready for this. Like, but that's just right. the next level expansion. And I love what you said there where it's like, you know, you're like, oh, I really, and I so have been there. We're like, I just wish I could pause and just like back out for like a few weeks while I just get my shit together to reemerge as the butterfly that I am. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, you're not, that's not going to happen. Like that is not realistic. And even if you did pause, you wouldn't go through what you need to go through to become that. The, that yes. showing up that way yes. anyway. Like you actually have to go through those feelings of this feels awkward. This feels like shit. I don't know if people are going to like this, like, mm-hmm. and do it anyway. And that's going to be what ultimately is going to give you that clarity. So right. that a lot. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so transformational for me to just go through those things. It was the maker. It really was like the make or break of my business. If I think if I had just paused, it wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be at like this point in my growth. Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. Let's talk about where you're at right now and who it is that you're like showing up and serving fully and how you got there. What's that journey been like that's like led you to being this like amazing queen that's like showing up, (laughs) like empowering women through their periods and like helping them have amazing sex. Like how did you get there? Oh yeah. So I mean, my own personal journey really influenced it a lot. Um, and I would say, so to give you kind of a background on me, I've always had, um, I wouldn't say health issues. I think honestly at this point, like they're health blessings. Like I really, yeah, like I really struggled, um, with my health growing up. Like I was very sensitive to everything. Like, like if anyone had an allergic reaction to something, it would be me. I would just react to whatever. Um, and then when I got my period, when I was like, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, like when in that age group, 
I had really terrible periods. I would get sick every time because it would suppress my immune system so much. So I'd get sick and then I'd, you know, be sick for two weeks and I'd get well and then it, my period would come again. It was oh, horrible. horrible. And yeah, it was rough. And so before I went off to college, I, um, got on birth control because I was like, I'm going to have so much sex. I need to be on birth control. Um, my school was going to be 14 hours away from home. So I was like, I want to figure it out before I go off to school. Yeah. And so got on it and had a terrible reaction to it. What's new? I mean, I expected it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but then when I got off, I really struggled with a lot of hormone issues. Um, it would, I don't know what it did. I mean, now I do, but at the time I didn't know what it did in terms of what was going on in my body it really um, created an imbalance for me. I responded really negatively to it. And for the longest time, I thought like I was crazy. I'm alone in this. Um, and I was losing my hair. I had weight gain and then weight loss. Like it was all over the place. And really what my driving factor was is that I was covered in acne from my neck up where I'd never had problems before. Mm. And it wasn't even so much, I mean, of course it was the vanity of it. Like I struggled with the way I felt that I looked, but more than anything, like it was painful and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the combination of that was not fun. And so I remember going to so many specialists and, um, every doctor I went to, like they didn't, that wasn't a big deal because I was 19 and they were like, ah, oh, this is, you know, adult acne and no one took me seriously. And I remember being so frustrated. Um, and I was like, fuck this. I've got to figure this out on my own. No one's going to help me. Like no one is helping me figure this out. Yeah. And so that's when I went to school for holistic health. I, you know, switched to, um, I dropped out of my school, my college. I switched to studying holistic health and really spent the next couple of years like dedicated to figuring out what went on with me. And then slowly got into working with like holistic health and kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with that. Because originally I didn't want to necessarily go into that. I was just like, I have to spend time figuring out what's going on in my own body. Mm. Um, because I was, I was really going through it at the time. Um, and, and then I don't know, I remember a couple like really definitive moments where it, it just started clicking. Like, this is what I was supposed to do. Like I was in the car with a friend and we were talking about sex and she was asking me just some some pretty like basic questions around sex. And she was like, it's so frustrating that I don't know any of this stuff. You know, she was like, why is this like a conversation I'm having in my twenties? Like, why didn't I learn this earlier? Yeah. And so I remember that being a light bulb moment. And then I had a couple friends who were on birth control and really struggling. And so I just kept seeing this pattern over and over again. And then, like I said, my, a lot of my clients were, you know, struggling with digestive issues and they were on birth control or they were having like terrible periods. And so I kept seeing this trend and I was like, okay, universe, I hear you. Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm meant to be All doing. The signs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really how I got to what I do now. And, um, so now, you know, I work with clients in, in various settings, um, with my group program and things like that. And I just, I love it. It lights me up. I get so excited to like jump out of bed in the morning and like work with these women because they're so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can tell, yeah. like you can seriously tell in the way that you show yeah. up, like you are literally fulfilling your purpose. Like, doing exactly <laughs> Thank you. Go and follow her on Instagram. If you're not already, it's at <laughs> Shay. she's so good. I love how you show up. Thanks. And it, honestly, it's just giving such a voice to something that for a long time has been taboo and hasn't been spoken about as openly as it definitely needs to. And mm -hmm. I got goosebumps even then when you said that thing about your friend, like I'm in my twenties and why don't I know this stuff? Like mm -hmm. it makes me, it hurts my little heart to be like, Oh, 
Oh, right. So many women out there who feel like that and don't necessarily have friends that they even feel comfortable to talk about right. or a partner or a community where they're like, that's a safe space. And that's obviously what you're stepping into and fulfilling, which I love and so see you for, because I just think that it's so, so needed. So thank you. thank you for being in that space. And that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you on the podcast. And I really want to dive into, you know, let's talk about, you know, HBC. So hormonal birth control for those who don't know. Oh my God. Such a hard word to say. Oh Everyone struggles today, apparently. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I feel like every time I go on Right. Every time I go on stories, I have to like re-say it over and over again. I'm like, okay, I I should be able to say this. <laughs> That's why the acronym HBC is what we're going to go from, yep. from here on out. It's much easier. <laughs> um, I want to talk about that because I really do feel that there's been a massive shift away from that over the last, mm. in my in my life and world, I would say a year or two, but I don't know if it's yeah. been longer than that, but that's where I've really noticed it. Why do you think that that is? You know, I see such a, I see it so much. And like I, like you said, I don't know if it's because I'm looking for it, you know, it's on my radar now. Mm. Um, but I also think we've just had this big wellness shift in the past couple of years, right? People are very interested and invested in that. And what I keep hearing over and over again from women is like the disconnect it creates from our bodies. And because we're having this wellness shift, right? Like because we're being, you know, or maybe we're tapping more into our intuition and connecting with ourselves deeper. I feel like a lot of women experience um, hormonal birth control, like creates a disconnect. It's really hard to be tapped into yourself when you're sort of turning off a lot of the things that make you who you are. Yeah. So agree mm-hmm. with that. It's so funny. I came off the pill about four or five months ago, um, mm-hmm. purely because of what was coming up and people that I was following online, like on social media mm-hmm. and starting to then read about, you know, obviously not just what they were saying, but like other articles that were, you know, backed by science and all that sort of stuff. Right. And I really want to dive into that because I want to know, like, from your perspective, do you feel like, like no one should be on the pill or only certain people who are struggling with it? Like, what's your thoughts mm-hmm. there? And I was thinking about this before our call or before, our, you know, it's recording because um, it's, it is a tough position to be in because I don't, I, I want women to have that power over their cycles, right? Like there's an empowerment factor to hormonal birth control. Like I have the power of my fertility, but I hate that this is the option for it. Um, and so, you know, I think there are better options that maybe we are less educated on. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a lot of what I do is educating them. There are you know, there are helpful natural options that are equally or almost as effective uh, when done correctly. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't say that like, you know, there's no one that should be on it because there are women who have like debilitating issues um, or they have like very intense endometriosis. So I can't say that like, oh, no one should be on it, but I think it is often treated as a band-aid for a lot of health issues mm-hmm. where it should otherwise be like, almost a last resort, if that makes, and that's obviously my personal opinion. Um, I know everyone's going to vary in what they believe around that, but that's how I see it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to hear was your opinion, Mm because I think it's important and, you know, especially in the online space and people are very loud and, you know, speaking about it, but it is good to sort of hear like, okay, what do you actually believe? Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, where it's like, there are going to be some cases where like that is a good option for you, but right. It's, I think what is important is that it's worth assessing. Um, yes. That was a big thing for me. Like I went on the pill when I was 17. Um, just, well, for me, it had nothing to do with, you know, any health issues. It was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. start with sex and that's about yeah. it. Like I just want to be on the pill, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I am 28 now and like I said, I got off it about four months ago. Um, and the big, the biggest thing that I would notice is like you said, like getting back in tune with your body. And I honestly, yeah. I remember to my friend who'd been off it for ages and it said to me like, Kay, like, come on, like, you really want to be on that? And I'm very mindful of what I do put in my body. And I'm one to say like, you know, if I've got like a migraine and I do suffer from migraines, that was the other thing. We'll go there actually. Um, yeah. Migraines, I'll come back to that in a sec. But I wouldn't even, I'm like, oh, I don't really need Panadol like, or, you know, Nurofen. Like I'll just use essential oils and I'll like, you know, close my eyes and use like heat packs and all whatever. Um, and I try to, so, but every single day I was taking this pill, like, and I started to mm-hmm. be like, why am I, why am I doing this? Like I was 17 when I went on and I didn't know anything about it. Um, and so I made the decision to come off it. And honestly, I feel like I went through puberty again. Like I remember saying to the same friend, I was like, my boobs are killing me. Like, they're hurt. like I've literally gotten my boobs again. Like, and not that they've gotten bigger, right. they were just hurting, but honestly, and now like my period feels very different. Like, um, you know, whenever I know, I know when I'm like ovulating, I know, you know, when my period's like about to come, it's more regular than when I was on the pill, which is so weird. Oh, like, yeah. I thought that the pill was supposed to make that like easier, but honestly it used to be like almost to the minute, but over the last, like in the lead up to me coming off it, it was like sometimes on a Sunday, sometimes a Monday, sometimes a Tuesday, sometimes a Wednesday. Like there were points where I was like, am I pregnant? Because it's that right, right. I would get my period. Whereas now it's like Saturday, like clockwork. Like I just know mm-hmm. like exactly when it is. It's always on time so far. Um, but the symptoms are so different. And I, as, as funny as it is, I actually celebrate that, you know, I'm getting cramps again or that my boobs are hurting because to me, it's like, okay, well, your body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And it, for me, it's like an awareness of my own womanhood, which I don't know if that makes sense, but that's definitely totally. So, yeah. I mean, we're meant to go through those hormone cycles, right? Like we're meant to go through, um, just they're all, you know, a lot of people equate them to like different seasons. Like they really are different seasons of your month. And like every month, as women, like we almost get to start over. It's a fresh new beginning for us, you know, our month, whatever that looks like. Um, but I think, you know, we're meant to go through those seasons and they're, you know, they're dedicated to different aspects of your life. Like you're going to be more social when you're ovulating, you're going to feel more added, like, you know, comfortable, comfortable, like coming out of your shell. And then when you're menstruating, like you're going to be more, um, you're going to want to go inward. It's a great time for reflection. And so I think those phases, they really serve as important, um, just keys and your intuition and your own personal power. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And mm-hmm. even like with what I was saying about before with the migraines, like I've suffered migraines for so long. I remember the first one I ever got, I was in year two, like I was seven mm-hmm. years old and nobody knew what it was then. And then I got another one when I was in year nine. So I was 13, I think. Um, my mom mm-hmm. thought I had a tumor in my brain because I get migraines before, so I can't see. So my sight. Yeah. Goes. Oh my gosh. Um, and I remember my mom picking me up from school and I was like, I can't see anything. Like, and she was like, holy shit. Like, let's go to the doctor. There must be a tumor. Like, yeah. like a migraine. Like that's all it is. Put her in a dark room. She'll be fine. And I've had them ever since. Um, way less frequently now, but I used to get them quite often. And um, one of the biggest things, like every time I would go, if it was like a different doctor that I went to and I was like getting a script for the pill, they would always ask me, do you suffer from migraines? And I used to say yes, because I did. And they'd all be like, and I was on Levelin, which I don't know if that's everywhere, but that's one I was on. Um, and they'd be like, you should not be on this. Like people who get migraines, especially with aura, like, should not be on this pill yeah. because for me that was safety. Like, well, that's my pill and that's what I've always been on. I'd be like, oh, it's fine. And they'd be like, 
I'll give you this script, but you need to come back and we're going to reassess. And I'd never go back. And I would go to a different mm-hmm. doctor. And then I stopped telling people that I was getting migraines because I was like, oh. right. but then ultimately this had a lot to do with it for me when I was like, I don't think that this is good for my body. That did play a lot into that decision. And I don't know if that's something that is like frequent with a lot of people, but that definitely had a lot to do with it for me. And I haven't really been getting migraines since. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people who come to me and um, a lot of clients who, you know, don't necessarily want to get off hormonal birth control, but they want to fix X, Y, and Z symptom, right? Like they're, I have digestive issues and I'm on the pill and I'm like, well, we can't work on digestive issues until you're off the pill. Like, and I don't want to pressure anyone. Like, I don't mean it that way. Like be on the pill as long as you are comfortable on or be on whatever form of hormonal birth control you're on. But it is very difficult to address, like you said, like do we are the migra- migraines coming from the pill? Are they being af- affected by it? So it's almost like there's not like you were saying, like what's the point of like taking such good care of yourself if then you're like putting that chemical into your body that really causes a lot of disconnect? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and that's always no one likes when I say that. I'm like mm, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not. It's almost not worth it. Like yes, we can do things to support ourselves. But because of everything that hormonal birth control does, and listen, I like, I wish it was great. I wish it did everything it was advertised without any of the side effects. Yeah. But it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't improve our health. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit women's hormone health. And I say that all the time. I'm an advocate for women's periods and this doesn't help women's periods. Mm. So you know, the same way I would say that sugar isn't great for your period. I'm going to say that the pill isn't great for your period either. Or HBC isn't. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wish it was a great one. It's a great option, but it's just, it's not. And we can't really address what's going on at the root without, with that in the system. Yeah. 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 So for those that are considering coming off the pill, maybe they've been thinking mm-hmm. about it for a while, or maybe they've never thought about it and it's just been normal forever. And now they're hearing this podcast. Yeah. What are some of the reasons that you would advocate for breaking up with HBC? Yeah. So the the fact that always gets me the most, um, I think is the most impactful to me, is they've proven that it alters your brain chemistry, which to me, that is wild. Like the fact that it changes the way I think and the way I function, that I, that's like, I'm like, okay, I'm off. That would be, that would be more than enough for me. Um, and so a lot of, you know, clients who come to me and they're like, I feel, you know, I'm, I'm anxious and I have symptoms of depression or, and not to say that it's all HBC. Um, but that's a good place to start. Right. So, um, I noticed that a trend a lot, um, just with feelings of anxiety a lot or like mood swings or brain fog. A lot of that tends to, um, come with, with some form of HBC. Um, and then the fact that it depletes our nutrient levels, um, which, is a big deal. It's make or break, right? Like having our essential vitamins and minerals are what we function off of. And so, you know, it's very difficult for us to absorb certain ones like zinc and vitamin A and like the B vitamins and things like that. And sure we can take them, but the point is it's hard for us to absorb them at all when hormonal birth control is in the system. So, um, that's a big one. And then gut health, like I talk about gut health all day long. Um, you know, the way that hormonal birth control impacts our gut health is, is wild. You know, it kills off a lot of our good bacteria, which then affects our serotonin production and the way that we digest foods. So it really impacts the body in every way. And, um, you know, and it, 
ultimately, except for the hormonal IUD, it turns off ovulation. That's its job is to, you know, turn off ovulation. We don't want to, we don't want to get a baby. Mm. And so, um, because we turn off ovulation, we get so many yummy benefits from ovulating. Like our cycle is not about the period. I say that all the time. It's not like the main event of your cycle is not your period. It's your ovulation. And having a healthy ovulation is so essential to our body's health because we get progesterone, which is like the best hormone we could possibly get. It calms our bodies. It calms anxiety. It is basically the antithesis of what estrogen does. And, you know, estrogen is a lot of our PMS symptoms and things that like sore boobs and cramps. A lot of that comes from estrogen. Yeah. And so progesterone counterbalances that. So if we have a healthy ovulation, we ideally don't have a lot of like the terrible period symptoms. I tell people all the time that, you know, periods should be ideally symptomless. Um, so when we have that hormone balance, it, you're going to feel tired. It's a, it's an energy taxing event. Um, you're going to feel tired. You may feel a little discomfort, but it shouldn't be painful or, you know, cause your day to be thrown off or make you cancel plans or anything like that. So long-winded answer, but that's what. No, it's so good. And like, um, I have obviously come off the pill, but even listening to this, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm even getting <laughs> out of this. So for those that are yeah. considering or haven't ever considered it, then this is so good to hear all this sort of stuff. And so for those that then are like, okay, all right. I'm like, I'm intrigued. Maybe I will come off. What's some of the ways that they can do it in an empowering way that's like actually good for their body? Because I literally was like, okay, I'm off like cold. Mm-hmm. And also- that's what I did too. Yeah. When I was younger, like in school and not on the, on the pill, um, I would get horrific cramps, like go home from school, couldn't move. Like I remember my mom would always pick me up. Like, so, and when I first did come off, like I did start getting in the beginning, it was fine. And then like the next couple, like I did have some cramps and most recent mm-hmm. one, no. So I don't really know where I'm at because it is quite a fresh thing for me. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm interested to know. And then obviously for those who are considering it, what's a good way to go about coming off? Yeah. It's, it's really all about supporting your system. So, you know, that transition can be pretty seamless, um, but it, you really have to support the body and help kind of replenish what, you know, HPC has impacted over however long you've been on it. Um, so I always say that like supporting your system with like the vitamins and minerals that hormonal birth control um, you know, makes it hard for us to absorb, you know, going ahead and starting like taking those and supporting your body with that, supporting like healthy liver detoxification. So, you know, we've been advertised the detox teas and all that. So it's none of that. Um, but like things like lymph massage and dry brushing, um, and taking like certain supplements that, um, help your liver detox a little more gently. So things like that are going to help make that transition easier, boosting gut health. And obviously there's infinite amount of information out there about that, but really like drinking bone broth, taking collagen. And I want, I kind of want people to look at it as how can we support the body as a whole? Like, I don't want to think about just hormones or anything like that because it does, hormones impact your entire body. So how can we support the body in this transition and how can we boost the immune system? That's really the best way that I look at it. So anything that boosts your exercise, infrared sauna, like all those things boost your immune system that make that transition easier because the safer your body feels, the more likely it's going to get into a situation where we can have a baby. And even if that's not what we want, that's what our hormones goals are. That's what our brain's thinking about. Like, can we have a baby right now? Do we feel safe to have a baby? Mm-hmm. So the healthier and the stronger we feel, more the safer we're going to feel to have a baby. 
Yes, 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 yes. This is all such good stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm loving this. Um, and then yeah. <laughs> babies for those of us who are like, love babies, just don't want one right now. Maybe not <laughs> some of them, like some of you out there might yep. not kids, that's fine. Um, and I'm definitely in a position where right now I don't want a child, like at the moment. Right. I want to talk about what, like, what is, what are the alternatives to make sure that that mm-hmm. doesn't accidentally happen? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't want a baby right now either. So I'm with you. <laughs> You know? I'm like, yeah, I'm growing a business. We don't have time for a baby. No way. Um, so I love preach, talk about like, love the fertility awareness method. Like it is so phenomenal for so many reasons. Um, so fertility awareness method, it is often clumped in with the rhythm method. So I want to emphasize that first, because if we go and like Google it right now, you're going to get this like very high failure rate because they're clumped in together. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're two separate methods. The rhythm method is just based on counting. So like it's based on looking at your past cycles and saying, okay, well, I typically ovulate on the 14th day for most of my cycles. And it's assuming that you ovulate on the 14th day, this cycle, because you have in the past. Um, and it's a little, a little more technical than that, but it's essentially looking at your past cycles to predict your future cycles, which we know because if you're stressed or if you take an antibiotic or if you travel, like that can throw off, anything can throw off ovulation. Mm. So we can't predict it based on just numbers and counting things out. Um, so fertility awareness method is totally different. It is, it uses symptothermal methods, uh, or it is a symptothermal method that uses like your biological signs to predict and confirm ovulation, which again, like I said, um, you know, ovulation is what we're looking for. Um, and so it uses your cervical fluid and tracking your BBT, so your basal body temperature. And it's so fun. I can't tell you like how the difference between before doing it and after I started, like the connection I feel to my body. It's so cool. It's like, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh my God, so I love it. One get into that. Is it like a kit? Like, what is that like? What do yeah, you do? Yeah. So, um, really you just need a thermometer. Like that's it. And I personally love, I use one called temp drop. Um, it's a little more pricey, but you wear it at night and, um, it tracks your temperature all night and then gives you your average temperature, which is nice. The other ones you have to take them in the morning, like first thing, Um, and sometimes it's just like, it's like a 10 minute thing. Like it takes your temperature for a long time. And sometimes I just don't have 10 minutes or I don't want to take it for 10 minutes in the morning. (laughs) So temp drop has been great for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything that's going to like cut down on time and be easy. I'm all about it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah. So that's what I use. Um, and I think the cool thing about fertility awareness method is that it is 99.6% or more in terms of um, accuracy and efficiency. So it's up there with like the pill and any other hormonal methods. But the kicker is that the typical failure rate, meaning that like, I forgot to take my temperature, I screwed up and I got pregnant, right? It's only 1.9% where the pills is 9%, which that like blows my mind, right? (laughs) Like you're more likely to forget the pill and to get pregnant from that than you are to like not take your temperature or to mess up taking your temperature, things like that. Oh, that literally blows my mind. That's crazy. Right. Okay. So we've, we've, got, we've got the thermometer. We're taking our temperature. We know yep. what's going on. Then what? Yep. Does that mean that you're like not having sex at certain times? Like what is that then yep. what you do? Yeah. So it basically gives you what you start predicting is your fertile window. So a window of time where you are fertile. And so that's usually like a five to six day time period. So about five days prior to getting pregnant or getting pregnant. No, five days prior, not that. 
maybe five days, right? Maybe if you want to, but no, <laughs> five days prior to your ovulation, you want to avoid um, having like unprotected sex. So, because sperm can live inside of you for up to five days. Mm-hmm. And so you want to assume like within that five day window, and then you want to give your ovulation about 24 hours. So a total of about six days. Um, and I say all the time, like, you can do so many other things during that time period. Mm-hmm. Like you can do so much other stuff. And it also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can do so much other stuff. Like there's so much more than just penis and vagina sex. Like <laughs> there's so much more. <laughs> yes, and also that was so going there. Yes. So, um, just knowing where that time period is and the best way you can only confirm ovulation like retroactively. So you can, um, know, like you can confirm it based on your temperature. And then after you've confirmed ovulation and you have a obvious temperature shift. So I'll get into this a little bit before ovulation, your temperature is going to be lower. And after ovulation, it's going to be consistently higher. And so you can see that when you chart it out on a, on a, you know, you, you, people paper chart it, or you can use an app, you will see like a difference in your temperature. And so after you've confirmed ovulation, have all the sex you want, like have, have at it. Go wild. So, <laughs> right. Go for it. Um, and there are like certain rules around it and like certain things to look for. And so that's why I think it's always best to work with someone who can educate you on it so you can know exactly how to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different like options. There's a good book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility that I think it's just amazing. Um, but I, I would say like work with someone for the first couple, you know, cycles of tracking it. Um, but it's just so, once you get into a habit of it, it's so easy. And so, yeah, once you, um, before you ovulate, you start looking at your cervical fluid, which gets you very intimate with your body very quickly. Mm, yeah. When you're checking, like you're just sticking some fingers in there and checking out what's going on. Like you will get very close to yourself. <laughs> which is so thing. yes, there is the coolest website called the cervical mucus project. I think it's cervicalmucus.org. Um, and that will give you visuals, like really up close and personal visuals of cervical mucus and what you're looking for. Yeah. It's so cool. I love it. You know, yeah, and what you're like, like, why does nobody do this? Like, and I honestly was like on Instagram, like somebody should just start documenting it, but I don't know if Instagram would really let that. Yeah. Instagram <laughs> censors it. <laughs> yeah. But that's crazy. I didn't even know that. That's amazing. It's, oh my God, it's so cool. So what you're looking for is like your fertile cervical mucus. And I can describe it like as stretchy and slippery. Like it has all these qualities, but the best way is just go see pictures of it. Like just go see it mm-hmm. and then start paying attention to it in your own, um, in your own cycle. Like noticing, like you think you're around ovulation and you start seeing that with your own cervical mucus. So mm-hmm. it's so cool. You just start to pick up on things like, oh, this is why I have more energy or, oh, this is why I'm more tired. And when you can start connecting like your behaviors and your moods to where you are in your cycle, it makes you feel so much more connected and also way less crazy. Like you don't feel crazy or moody or anything because it makes sense. Yes. It's so cool. It's so powerful. Oh, I'm like, okay, I need to get off this interview really quickly and go on. <laughs> Check out. The- I need to go look at my cervical mucus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy now. Bye. <laughs> So good. Seriously. And what are we, everything that you're saying then around like, you know, the certain amount of time when, you know, after that, like have as much sex as you want. It's so funny growing up and like, you know, into my early twenties, like, I didn't even realize that. I just thought like any time of the month that you had sex right. uh, protected, like you would have a baby. Like that was right. Like, uh, like, it drives me nuts. 
Sorry. That's such a common misconception. Like we cannot get pregnant all month long. Like there's a very short window of time where we can get pregnant. Yeah. And like I said, I, it is really important to go like educate yourself and be aware of the rules. Cause I'm giving you like such a, a mini version of this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, being aware of like the rules of fertility awareness method and I'm, I'm putting that in quotations, but, um, I think it's important to know those things so that you're practicing it correctly because that's why we, it has such a high success rate is like understanding it and practicing it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it just gives you so much more freedom in your sex life. And yeah. I hear from women all the time that like, even on the pill, like they're terrified of getting pregnant all the time. I like, was. because right. Like yeah. you're relying on something else that may or may not work. Yep. All the time. And I so feel like very cautious with what we would allow ourselves to do because I was like, I, and also I come from a family that well, we believe ourselves to be very fertile. Like my mom and right. dad, back from traveling and we're like let's have a baby pregnant my sister mm-hmm. pregnant. like so mom's like you will have a baby very fast taylor be careful right. so that was drilled into me but yeah you know, i'm learning so much more right yeah i mean so on the pill you know or any form of hormonal birth control there's that fear because you're leaving it up to something else yeah all that fear goes away when you know where you are and you know what's going on and like having sex like free of any worry because when you're on the pill or you don't know where you are in your cycle, there's always that little bit of worry in the back of your mind every time. Totally. And, and being able to have it and just like, know that like, this can be worry free. Like I can just be with my partner or partners and be intimate. Like, holy shit. It just changes the game. I swear. This is so good. Let's so go to the next side of things. Let's start talking about that. Yes. What you were saying before, where like, it's not just like penis and vagina. Like, you know, if you're like, okay, great. Like I'm ovulating. So sorry, hubby or sorry, boyfriend. Like six days where like, no shit's going down. Like, let's talk about what, you know, different things there. And like, that's something that you're really passionate about as well as helping women to have mm-hmm. good sex, which I love. So I want to talk about that and empower those listening to like, what, what does damn good sex look like? How do you know if yeah. you're, how do you know if you're not? And what are some of the things that you can do to start to level up in that area? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, ugh, I love this topic. It like gives me chills. I get so excited. <laughs> um, so, I mean, everyone's definition of good sex is going to be different, right? What feels good to you may not, you know, somebody else is going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Hmm. So, and I think that's the first thing is like knowing that your sexual needs are going to be so different from anyone else's and recognizing that to me, like is so powerful Um, because often, you know, we see porn or we hear about sex and we think if we can't come that way, or if we're not turned on by that, then like we're the ones that are wrong. But everyone's needs and what they think is good is going to be so different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that is like the biggest thing is like figuring out what your sexuality looks like. And I tell my clients to journal on that all the time. Like, what is your sexuality? How do you express yourself? What are the things you like? What are the things you don't like? And making that list of like turn ons and turn offs and being able to, I think literally like physically seeing it Mm. can feel so like normalizing and also empowering because when you've got that list and you can be like, here, read this. These are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. That kind of communication, that leads you to good sex. That's what makes like the, a crazy screaming, toe curling orgasms. Like that's where you get that is being clear on like what you do like and what you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So empowering and empowering for you, empowering for whoever your partner or partners are like mm-hmm. that 
Yeah, I so agree. And I think that for a lot of us, and I used to be like this, I'm very fortunate. I'm in a relationship that is very empowering in that way. Mm-hmm. And it, like we've been together for six years and like I was, I wasn't clear on any of that stuff when we got together at mm-hmm. all, which definitely helped me to figure that out. But I think for some who are listening, you know, it might be that like, you've never even really given yourself permission to ask some of those questions, yeah. maybe even feel like a little bit scared to start asking mm-hmm. cause what's going to come up? What if, what if that makes me like nervous or I don't know? Like, so if they're feeling like that, what are some of the things that you would suggest to start to figure that out about yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think what you like and you've sort of just just gone off what you think other people do or what you've seen upon or maybe what your partner wants, but you're too scared to say, like, I actually don't Mm -hmm. want anything else. Like what would be some of the things that they could do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'll come back to like the journaling exercise. I think writing those things out because oftentimes we're afraid to speak them. Mm -hmm. And so being able to just verbalize it in some way, even if it's just like between you and paper can really help you start to process through what you're feeling. And because sex is so taboo, we often don't think about it or we don't write about it. We don't indulge in those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I think giving yourself that permission and that room to really dig into it and explore it a little more. And it it may start off very gentle, like, like, do I enjoy sex? Yes or no? Like it may start off really small and just digging into like, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And it could be a daily practice. Like, you know, I think some of my daily practices are around like gratitude and like working on my money mindset and things like that. Like sex might be part of your daily practice and understanding that further. And I think, you know, the expectation, like it's not going to happen overnight. My sexuality has developed over years and various partners and different experiences. Um, and that may not be the case for everyone, right? Like they may find a good partner that helps them, you know, understand it from the beginning, or they may figure it out with themselves. But having a reasonable understanding that like, this is something that evolves as you evolve. Like we were talking about with your business, like it evolves as you evolve. Totally. Um, and I think the other thing too, is like self-pleasure, which is another taboo topic. Mm. But my clients will tell you all the time. I'm like, you need to be masturbating, start pleasuring yourself, like getting to know yourself. One from the, the technical side of it, it's so healing for your hormones. It balances your hormones out. And it's just magical from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And then you might want to add a toy in there. And, you know, maybe you like the way that feels or, um, you know, you like different positions to play with yourself in. and just exploring those things that really translates over to when you're with your partner or partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I agree with this on every single front. James and I have this joke mm-hmm. that like if I'm really stressed, like it's just like, <laughs> we like said made this thick thing we we're like we should start a pod call, podcast called like need another orgasm because that's basically where, like all my answers come from <laughs> like, yeah I'm like this is what i need today i need espresso and an orgasm and yeah. i'm good <laughs> <laughs> it's like i mean, go to me he's like it's either going to be like meditation or masturbation like whichever one but like <laughs> you're gonna need to go to one of them because that's where you yes. promise like when you have an orgasm and you just feel better and I feel in so much alignment after I have an orgasm I could be like the most stressed out person mm-hmm. I have an orgasm I'm like who the hell was that bitch over there because she's <laughs> yeah like, but it's just it's yes. something and I don't know all the ins and outs of the technicalities and the science behind it but I definitely think that you know understanding yourself and doing all that sort of stuff is what is ultimately going to help you to get those answers as well do you know much about like orgasmic manifestation is that something that you do 
Yes. Oh my gosh. It's something I've like just recently started dabbling a little bit with. Um, and it's so fun. Um, so one of the things, like I mentioned, I'm working on like money mindset stuff. Cause like we've always got shit to work on. The list never ends. Oh um, and so that's something I have like worked on myself. And I recently, um, actually got like a Jade Yoni egg and I'm so excited about it. Cause like three money. Yeah. I just, it just came in today. So I'm like, I can't wait to start playing with <laughs> Thank you for prioritizing this interview over using that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'll just use it after. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm like playing with it and dabbling with it a little bit. I, met, I heard somebody, I don't remember what it, it was, a podcast recently or something, and she was talking about how when she orgasms, like she talks, she either like says her affirmations or she starts manif- like focusing on what she means. Manif- wants to manifest. God, and now I can't talk. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there you go. Um, So I was like, oh my God, that's fascinating. And so I just started playing with it recently and it's just like so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. I love it. I did it for the longest time and didn't even know I did it. I, for me, that was something that was like a big turn on for me, which was like, the visualization aspect of my life and I would just picture like all these things that I wanted and like where we were going and you know traveling and like having orgasms in different countries and all that sort of stuff like for yeah, me I mean, I love it. something that helps like and then I a couple of years back or a year or so maybe two years like learned about that and was like holy shit I've actually been doing <laughs> like and now like I actively do it and I love it like and for mm-hmm. me it's like turn on side of things and the manifesting side of things. And I just love like the combination. So definitely something to try if, you know, if maybe even having orgasms is something that you struggle with, like, and I don't know if you want to go down that route a little bit, but um, I think that that's can be a fun thing to play with as well. Is there any other tips that you have for those that maybe, because that was definitely, I'm opening up way more on this podcast than I thought that I was going to. (laughs) This is my entire sex life, just so you know, but that was something I struggled with, like, um, you know, especially in my early twenties, like I was I literally had the belief that I was like, I knew how to have an orgasm by myself, but with partners, it was mm-hmm. like, just doesn't happen. Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what I just reserved myself to, but that was my truth. And yeah. obviously that's not the truth. And I've been with James and I'm very fortunate to have a partner that like cares about that. Um, yeah. at all, but I definitely used to believe that. So for those who are maybe in a position that think that that might be true for them as well, that, you know, orgasm doesn't happen or is very infrequent. Um, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that could help them there? Well, I think one of the things is, and I am guilty of this, like not communicating that to your partner, you know, for the longest time, I didn't communicate that, like, you know, that certain things were more likely to make me orgasm than others. Right. Like I'm not going to orgasm in every position. I wish, God, I wish, but like, that's just not the case. And some people can, right. Like some people are just like built that way. And it's just, everyone has like what I was saying in the beginning, everyone has different sexual needs. And so and I think it's, there's a, a misconception, at least for me, there was around like, you know, orgasms are, are make or break in your sex life. Like they are, that's what we're going to. And I think putting that pressure on to, to make it to the finish line totally takes you out of the moment. And so oftentimes like that counteracts our goal of like reaching orgasm, like focusing on reaching orgasm. And so sometimes that can be hot, right? Like I love in the moment when it's like, oh, we've got five minutes, let's come. Yeah. Like that's so hot. Yeah. Um, but but for the majority, I think focusing on just being present and doing what feels good and like focusing on the sensations. Yeah. And that's really like what I think 
we have to focus on more to be able to do that. Um, just as like women, because of the way our brains work when it comes to orgasms is focusing more on sensation than anything else, like focusing on exactly what we're feeling. And that's what I'll do. I'm like, okay, this is what the sheets feel like. This is what his skin feels like this. is, And I love that. Like, it's so sensual just to like walk through that in my head. And it's so funny when you ask guys, like, I'll be like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, literally nothing. And I'm over here like, the sheets are so soft. Like, this is. <laughs> I'm literally the same. I think, I don't yeah. know, me personally, it's that it helps me to be really present and like really. Yeah, me too. Present moment, not like, okay, well, after this, I need to go and do this thing over here. And I've got to make right. sure to do that. Right. And blah, 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 blah. Like, it helps you to be really present when you just come, like you said, the sensation side of things. I think that's. Yeah. So good. That's oh so fun. Gosh. I love the sex talk. It's always my favorite. Same. I feel like we could just like keep going for another hour, but we won't. We won't. We'll respect the time <laughs> of you and the listeners. But you obviously have a podcast coming out, which I am I so do. excited for. It has the best name on the planet. I'm so pumped about it. It's called Get Clitorate. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good and so pumped when is that launching tell it because seriously there's gonna be so many people who are gonna want to listen to that after this i know i'm gonna hit that subscribe button so when is the plan for that to be coming out yeah so we officially picked a picked a launch date it's march 31st so i am very pumped i know we're in launch month um i have been putting this off not on purpose i just wanted to find the perfect team like i was like okay i need my perfect podcast team and i finally found them and so March 31st, our first couple of episodes are coming out. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Same. I cannot wait because <laughs> I could talk for hours about this stuff. Oh my God. Well, look, I honestly, let's do part two over there because I want to keep yes. talking about it. Yes. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. It's going to be, the goal of it is to talk basically about everything we need to know and want to know about our bodies and sex and periods, all of it. It's going to be, um, basically like taboo central, everything taboo, which we need. We need that so much. And you've yep. started a podcast, uh, sorry, a Facebook group as well. Hey, mm-hmm. you've got a good community where women can go and yeah. feel safe. What's that called? It's called get Glitterate as well. So it's the same name as the podcast. Um, yeah, I love that community. It's grown so much recently, like shocking. I'm shocked at how quickly it's grown. Um, but it's so fun. Yeah. It's just a bunch of women in there talking about very TMI you know, subjects and it's so open and they're so supportive. So I love that space. Seriously, the best. So good. And just goes to show like it's growing so fast because number one, you hold incredible energy and space. And number two, thank you. When we want to talk about it, like we yeah. all want to, you know, even like I said yep. to you, I, like, I didn't think I was going to open up as much on this podcast <laughs> as I have, but like now everybody knows my sex life and all things going on. <laughs> because like once you do start speaking and you do create that safe space, like Mm-hmm. Table, like, hey, me too. Oh, this is me. And it, it's empowering for all of us. So um, we will definitely link the the podcast and the show notes and all, all the good things in the show notes. And then for those that want to connect with you, where else online? Instagram, where else can I find you? Yeah, Instagram at Callie Shea. The new website will be out soon in the next week or two. So CallieShea.com. Um, and yeah, those are my spaces. Oh, and YouTube. We're going to we're going to put some more effort into YouTube soon. Yeah, <laughs> so dominating all the places online and you've yes. got a really cool free ebook, don't you as well? I do. Yeah. It's called pussy power, which is so fun. And it's actually, it goes really in line with what we have been talking about um, and just prioritizing your pleasure. So it's just a free ebook. You can go on and grab. 
Amazing. We'll link all of that guys for you in the show notes. So it's so easy. Go connect with Kelly, join our group, listen out for Get Glittered. It's going to be fucking fire. Thank you. Such a good chat. Thank you so much for coming on. I love you. I appreciate you. So freaking good. Thank you. I love you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me in today's episode. Because you're a part of the collective, I know you're a visionary woman ready for more and I'm here to remind you that the world needs your light. If you love this episode or know somebody who would, please share it to your IG stories and tag me at TayRayOfficial. And if you want to show some love for the podcast, please head on over and leave a five-star review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all of the magic coming here soon. For more support, check out the episode show notes, my courses, services, and digital products by heading over to taylorray.com.au. Big love, babe. And until then, go and shine that beautiful light. The world is waiting for you.